Welcome to this week's edition of the First Day Copites podcast. I'm delighted to be joined by guests from around North America. Well, I guess the US. Um, uh, and welcome back to Daz, uh, Hytham and Ben. Uh, good to have you today. Um, we, are, we weren't actually planning on recording an episode because it's the international break and what would be happening? What could we possibly talk about? Well, uh, 45 injuries later, here we are. Um, we, what we decided to do was just, uh, I guess, talk about like what is possibly going on, uh, what might Liverpool's near-term future look like. Um, I guess first thing I'd want to say, though, is um, if you haven't subscribed to the First Day Copites channel, please do so. Uh, and uh, we hope you're all keeping safe out there. Um, it would be it'd be wrong not to start, actually, with the uh, sad news that we heard today about Ray Clemens, possibly Liverpool's best ever goalkeeper, certainly the first uh, winner of the European Cup uh, as goalkeeper, uh, passed away today at the age of 72. Um, I'm going to go around and see what memories you have of, um, of the, the great man um, who clearly helped us uh, kind of elevate our game to world power level from uh, from where we had been when he when he came and joined us from Scunthorpe, I believe, um, way back when. So so Daz is nodding, so I'm going to go to him first. Um, I, just from the human level, everything that you hear about Ray Clemens was he was just a true gentleman, um, just a super, super nice, nice guy, always had time to talk to people. Um, pretty friendly with uh, with Roy Yates down in Florida and he bring he brought him over a few times so I think that they they kind of shared some stories and he shared some time with them driving him around and he yeah. said he was just a quality human being so first and foremost I think we lost we lost a good one um, just to see like his save percentage and his and his his shutout percentage I don't know if you saw that Beasley put it out like uh, 48 percent of his 48 percent of his games are shutouts yeah. So he's just, in, he's incredible. And then I watched that four minute video that the club put out because my first real memory of a goalkeeper was probably Bruce. Yeah. And um, then obviously he was pretty storied in his own way, but uh, mine was always all my knowledge of, of Ray Clements is secondhand knowledge, but I talked to my dad and my dad was part of the setup at, at Liverpool for a while in the youth system. And he said, he just missed him as well. But he said uh, everything that he's heard about him, he said was he was just an incredible goalkeeper. And his, his statistics will show that. And the fact that he got that standing ovation from the cop when he came back with Spurs in the second half there, it was like, I had a, 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 couple of, a couple of things squeezed out the side of my eyeballs and I watched that. I couldn't help myself kind of soft like that. Wow. I was at that game, actually. Uh, that was the Liverpool clinched the league, I think, on that day. 1982? Mm-hmm. Uh, May 82 um, yeah Tottenham actually took the lead in that game but we we, we won 3-1 but yeah I, it was funny because that was the first place I went to when I saw the news like oh what do I remember about him it's like bizarre that the first memory was of him playing for somebody else um, despite kind of all the great games that he had played for us particularly in the in the 70s so so Haytham any memories that, that you have of um, Ray Clemens yeah, so just like Daz, um, you know, I, I everything that I know about Clemens is uh, secondhand. Um, you know, obviously, um, Grobler uh, Bruce is 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 the one that I grew up watching, and and the one that I have the most memories watching growing up. Uh, but I watch a lot of LFC TV. Um, you know, whenever I get a chance and, and there are a lot of documentaries and um, this compilation of old matches and, and you could really see his greatness. But the thing that, you know, I keep saying that, um, you know, when people talk positively about you, you know, uh, most of the time or all the time, it just it, 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 it tells about your greatness. And even, you know, with the passing today, um, just reading people's uh, eulogies, basically, uh, from all kinds of backgrounds. You know, it's not, it wasn't just the Liverpool fans. It was, um, you know, English fans, uh, people from across the board, from European uh, leagues, you know, past European players, and, and they were all saying good things about him. So 
um, it's it's a it's a sad day, um, especially you know for someone um, who is connected to uh, you know the greatness of Liverpool from the seventies and 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 um, you know um, around that era. Um, so yeah, it was it was uh, you know um, kind of sombering a little bit. So yeah, yeah. Uh, big loss. Yeah, uh, there, were, there were I recall on so many uh, the official hangouts. Um, some of the people in there had talked about, you know, oh, when Mills is done, we should kind of get him to come over again because, you know, he was one of the best people we had. You know, that was there's a lot of different places people had said that because I think he'd more recently done a tour of the West Coast uh, supporters clubs. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Ben, final thoughts on uh, Ray Clements. Um, the first time I ever heard of Ray Clements, I was drinking beer with my buddy Mirsa and his dad Rudy. Um, they're both originally from the former Yugoslavia and Rudy said that Ray Clements was the best keeper he'd ever seen. And so that was the first time I've ever heard of him. I didn't just say in social media that he obviously was a very beloved individual and 72 seems way too young anymore. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. No, I, I agree. agree. Yeah. Um, I can't, can't, can't leave the segment without getting a little dig in at uh, Jordan Pickford, but uh, it, it, it's weird in that era um, uh, England probably had the two best goalkeepers in the world in him and Peter Shilton. Um, and they, I think they failed to qualify for like two of the four tournaments, um, that both Clements or Shilton could have, could have played in. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, but clearly England's goalkeeping options right now are not quite that good. Um, moving on. <laughs> oh come on every opportunity <laughs> I, actually, I, I didn't see any of england i don't even know pickford is actually the goalie uh so um but I'm well sure they, they try to be kind to him when the first one went in because it, it took a double deflection but it, it still looked like like he, he had his arm tucked into his side at full stretches it, it, it defies <laughs> it almost defies like biology how uh, short his arms become when a ball gets to towards like the bottom corners. It's so I'm guessing lost, did they? I didn't, I didn't catch the game. It was it? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I noticed was um, Henderson J leaving at 45 minutes. And we'll, 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 we'll talk about uh, that before we're done. Um, let, let's start with, uh, with, with COVID. Clearly we're going to be without Mo Salah for at least one game. Um, uh, next weekend uh, and, and, and I guess the biggest fear that I would have is that there's many more examples out there of teams with COVID cases and our players in and around those, those, those same people. So um, what, what, what do you, let, let's, 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 we'll go to, we'll talk about in the injuries, which is probably a more scary situation, but um, what, what, what you take on um, kind of where we're likely to end up with uh, as a result of all the COVID cases. Daz. Well, sharper and duller minds than mine have both said the same thing. It's like, why the F are we even doing this? Yeah. Like, it's, it's a global pandemic and the second wave by all accounts is going to be worse than the first. And we're sending these guys to far, far flung regions of the planet to where they have no control over. Well, they, the clubs don't have any control over what their guys are doing. Yeah. Um, I know that Mo took some stick for going to his brother's wedding. It's his brother's wedding. I get whether or not he got it there. It doesn't. It seems like it wouldn't be. It seems pretty quick to get the get the test and then the, the day after and have it. Yeah. But um, it's it's unnecessary. And it and I guess that I don't know. I think it's on the agenda. We can talk about what why we even have these internationals at this point. Is it? It's. It just seems like a, a kind of a, a cash grab, and I, I feel for, for 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 coaches of international teams like they do need to get their guys back together to at least, I guess, talk about strategy because these are guys are, are the, the the finest players in the game. Yeah. If he wants, I, I'm not sure what 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 he's having them do to have Joe Gomez tear a patella tendon nowhere near a ball or nowhere near him. At least it's like what is really what is the what is the purpose? Yeah. Like you could have the argument, well, he could have done it at, at, at home, but he didn't. And this is the third time he's done it on international duty. Like it's, 
what and I just read somewhere that the FA now has to pay Liverpool two million pounds to cover his expected time out. Yeah, I realize this is again because we know we like tangents here, but I didn't realize he was on that little money. I think he's only on eighty thousand a week. That was the, the tweet that I read at least. And again, take it for what it's worth. It was a tweet, so I'm sprinkle a little bit of salt on that for you. Yeah. Um, but I just I don't I and I, well, with, I guess Brazil as well. Am I reading that uh, Allison and and uh, Bobby are around someone that has that came the post the tested positive? I believe so. Yeah, I can't remember who the guy was, but yes, yeah. Why? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so I guess there's different levels, aren't there? And, and I think we can probably wrap up COVID and uh, the, the the level of irrelevance of international football during a global pandemic in the in the same kind of question. Um, I, I mean, I think the one thing to start with is who needs friendlies, really? I mean, that that seems the most ridiculous thing in in all of this. Um, you know, I, I, I get that they can claim they have commitments around. Well, we could talk about Nations League and how important that is. You know, maybe the Euros, World Cup qualifiers, you, know, you could argue more of a case for them. Um, so, Hayden, what's your take on uh, kind of how, how bad could it get in terms of COVID and, uh, and, and the importance of international football or not? I think I agree with everyone. Uh, there's no need to international football um, at this point. Uh, I remember a few months ago, earlier in the summer, this was before the restart, um, you know, a friend of mine wrote an article, or an acquaintance actually, and uh, it was during the time when the PL was putting together a schedule for the restart and all of that stuff. And then the article was basically saying, why are we doing this? It was, he was basically at the time against uh, restarting football with the way the pandemic was going. Although, you know, everything was trending down at that point. Um, but I, you know, at the time, you know, I, I, I was like, okay, just look at Germany because the German Bundesliga started uh, way before, I don't know, I can't remember if it was a month before the PL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they did not have any cases. They had a, a solid protocol in place and, you know, my rebuttal at the time was, well, if, if they just follow how the Bundesliga did it, you know, it should be fine. And I think that the PL did that at that time. Um, but taking it, you know, or digging in deeper a little bit, you know, I think if it's just one competition, uh, it's much easier to control all the elements that factor into players getting infected with COVID than like you guys said earlier, um, having them travel thousands and thousands of miles and get in touch with all kinds of people on the way to do what they were supposed to do. Um, so, yeah, it's a, you know, I, I agree, um, you know, reducing the number of internationals or just, you know, doing away with them um, at once is, is a good idea. Uh, but one thing I want to, you know, just uh, uh, talk about a little bit, you know, uh, when Daz was asking why why are they doing this, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, but it was recently, I think it was probably Robertson, and he was asked the same question or a similar question, not within the context of COVID. Um, I think it was within the context of um, just the number of games and all of that stuff. And 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 um, I'm not again, I'm not sure if it's if it was Robertson, but it was a superstar, um, a PL superstar, but. They were saying, uh, or, or, you know, they basically said that it's a big deal for them to play for their country. Um, so regardless of the situation or whatever, if they, got, if they get called to play for their country, um, then they just have to do it. And, and, and you know, I, I see that point too. Um, so just, you know, wanted to add, add it to the mix. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a really valid point, actually, um, that, you know, if uh, if they didn't play the games, then you got a whole lot of people who are probably at the, the height of their powers and don't get to represent their countries do get that. Uh, I guess the, the thing, though, that um, I come back to is there's a global pandemic <laughs> and it's not like FIFA and UEFA are short of money. They could easily be, you know, if, the, if it's the individual FAs that need the money, they could be helping out. It just seems so unfocused especially when you, you had that thing the other day where like the Danish players 
who w- wouldn't go wouldn't leave England to go play for the for the Danish national team because if they did they'd have to do 14 day quarantine when they came back and the Danish FA were were complaining how unreasonable it was that they were imposing these restrictions it's like really no so because apparently there's a there's problem with Danish mink if you've read about this mm-hmm. yeah um which, well, which there's millions of them yeah, yeah. So, sorry, what was that, Daz? They slaughtered millions of them. Yes, yes they mm-hmm. did. Yeah, yeah. Which suggests that we're not, not the Danes. Yeah, right, right, right. But it suggests that the Danish FA, whoever the spokesperson was, may be slightly out of touch with what is happening in his own country, never mind the world. So, so Ben, uh, I guess we've touched on COVID, we've touched on uh, internationals. Mm-hmm. What, what's your uh, perspective? Uh, the perspective I would add that we haven't talked about yet is that. I was thinking about what is the argument for having international play, but also having the Champions League, which also involves international travel. And while we're sitting here, I think I've come up with it. If you look at the, what, let's say the Brazilian team, you have people coming from their individual bubbles. You have Richarlison coming from Everton. You have our guys coming from Liverpool. You have Neymar coming from Paris. And you have players from all over the world coming from all over these, from these various countries. And they have to be together, right? And so basically you're breaking at least 11 bubbles or let's say 11 bubbles and making a new one and then bringing that back to the clubs. And so essentially what I think is that there should be no friendlies. Uh, There were World Cup qualifiers in South America, but South America is a long ways away. And some of those countries are, Brazil in particular, and the United States in particular, and perhaps England in particular, do not have the virus under control. And rather than pick three countries that you can't go to, um, or say we're not going to do it at all, let's just say we're going to get club soccer, we're going to get, you know, our domestic leagues, we're going to get the Champions League, and that's what we're going to get for now. And maybe how we only had one month off this summer, summer, whatever it was, maybe we're going to have a longer time off. Hopefully, hopefully not nothing. I mean, this is speculative too, depending if and when there's a vaccine, right? But if everything goes very, very well and perhaps even better than what we're hoping, then we can have an extra month in the summer to make up those matches. Um, Because it just doesn't make any sense to where we go through all of these precautions to even do club football um, and then break it up every six weeks to go infect everybody. Um, And as far as Salah going to his brother's wedding, I think he gets to go to his brother's wedding. Um, I think we'd all feel better if he offered, if we knew he offered his brother to do it later, you know, and pay for it. I think that would all put a smile on our face, but it's not our business. I mean, he gets to go to his brother's wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a quick question on the national pride tip. Like, I understand for, for Robertson, like it's huge. They're, they're in a, an international tournament that they haven't been in for how long now? To a 20 years. years. Is that what I saw? Yeah. So, but I guarantee you, if you get a lot of these guys, when the camera's not in their face, they're like, bloody hell, where are we going again? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, we have to do this again. Like, so I, I, I understand national pride, but how much of it is, like, is, is, mean, is meaningful when you're playing a friendly against Andorra yeah. or... I guess if you're asking a guy from Liechtenstein, it might make a big difference. And I saw there was a guy that cried about one of the smaller teams, like going undefeated for two games for the first time in its history. So there is, I don't get me wrong. I understand national pride, but it's kind of like, it's it's unfortunate that the people that play at the highest levels of the game are playing more games as a result of being the best players in the world. So they're playing in FA Cups, they're playing in friendlies, they're playing... Uh, they've got commercial deals that they have to, so they're coming over here to the States and playing in three or four condensed uh, uh, matches or the Far East or whatever it is. So these guys, they, they're putting themselves further into, into the potential for harm's way. It's not necessarily harm's way per se, but the, they are, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a more target-rich environment, let's put it that way, for injury yeah. or for harm. Well, go that pride can be satisfied next summer or next winter too. So, so we'll definitely go on to talk about injuries, but but I, I uh, but I do think you're um, that 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 actually is probably an argument that might carry more weight with people who have kind of feelings about their national teams, which are stronger than I think you know, we do. Um, that 
you know, you, not only um, are they is it dangerous to have people kind of breaking out of their bubbles and being part of, um, you know, putting much more at risk. Um, there's, there's definitely a, a, a challenge in terms of the health and welfare of all of the players and the quality of the football you're going to get is going to decline as a consequence of, of, of trying to get, you know, more and more football out of your top players. Um, so let's go, let's go on to that. But I did want to pick up something you said, Ben. I, actually, it isn't just those three countries. Amongst the worst in the world are some of the South American countries in terms of you know, cases per, per head of population. So you know, South America, I think, is, is particularly, you know, not that Europe is going great guns, but South America clearly has, you know, kind of, you know, it, COVID is alive and well in, in lots of parts of uh, South America. And one of the things I, I've always thought uh, was that the, the qualifying from South America seems frankly a bit ridiculous, where they, they, there's like 13 teams in the same group and they play each other twice. Um, it feels like, you know, especially at a time like now, you could have done a much better job of, of kind of diminishing the number of games they had to play. And like not have to play any this year, for example. So, okay, yes. So injuries. Um, I'm sure I'm not, we're not going to catalogue them all here, but um, we're already lost Virgil potentially for the season. Um, Trent had an injury, which arguably will keep him out for four weeks. We have no idea where Fabinho and Thiago are on their uh, kind of their potential returns. And then this week, uh, what? what looks to me, but they haven't described it this way, like a, a really serious season ending, maybe worse than that injury for Joe Gomez. Um, third injury with England. What's that thing? Uh, once is uh, uh, an accident, twice is coincidence, and three times there's a pattern. Um, so uh, that's not casting inspirations about Gareth Southgate's uh, training methods, but uh, I am interested to read Simon Brundish's take on it. Oh, we're, we're, I've, I've lost the will to live with all of these injuries. You know, and then we've got questions about Robertson. What Henderson came off after 45 minutes. Nico Williams was hobbling. Uh, uh, Uber missed. I don't know. Uh, so, I mean, how do you how do you make sense of this in the first place? So that you don't drive yourself crazy. Uh, afraid to look at the sports pages. Uh, what do you think, Daz? I think it just. It, at the point we're on now, it just becomes like this surreal acceptance of like, well, I guess t- t- tomorrow someone's going to fall down a flight of stairs or yep. they'll get accosted by a flight of stairs walking across the street. I don't know. It just, it feels like, so they're kind of random at this, not even random, but they just feel like it's, it's almost like a contrivance by the universe against us. I know. Whoa, whoa was us. I know. But it, it just, it, it kind of feels like we are afflicted on the, but on the positive tip, though, um, I'm not sure if we're going to talk about this later. It's I was looking at the potential for who we do for, the, for backups. And for the first time in my adult life, I can honestly say that I feel good about not 100% like we, this is going to be, this is amazing, but I feel confident that the guys that we have can do more than an average job for us. Yep. So as bad as it is, I feel, and I say that I guarantee that flight of stairs is picking up a baseball bat but it's we I, I feel good that like the guys that we have left that, that that aren't injured uh can can do a job for us so my hand signals are terrible for people that are that actually <laughs> but i have my fingers crossed everybody um it's, it's uh, let's just hope that no one else comes back injured because i know it's being a, a lifelong liverpool fan it's just like you just start, start again. You're just like wringing your hands, like who's coming back injured? Because like, you know it always happens, yeah. and it's and it's never just like someone bumped their toenail getting out of the the, the ice bath. It's like it's it's usually somewhat somewhat serious. Yeah. And on the on the Joe Gomez thing, it's the same thing as you. I saw everything I read about patella tendon. Like it's people don't seem to come back the same afterwards. And like full credit to Joe Gomez. Every time he's had a serious injury, he's he's fought the odds and he's come back. So I hope hope springs eternal that, that that he will and that Fabinho somehow is going to be pulled out of cotton wool and look like Lee Majors and the six million dollar man. Mm-hmm. Same with Thiago. So again, there's me cross, holding crossing fingers, holding thumbs, whatever you guys want, depending what continent you're on. There are definitely two ways of looking at this, right? One is to be like, how are we, how are we going to patch a team together from all of this? 
and we can kind of go through the squad about like chances of them being available next Sunday. You know, and, and it's like Allison, hmm, exposed to a COVID case. Hmm, 50-50, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we can, uh, and Tiago, well, I already said about who was injured, but um, now I'm wondering, where was Keita? Who did, did he go away? Was he, was he, because he already had COVID, right? So, so that, that's one path. Then the other path is to look at the team that, that Klopp inherited. And I think even the set of the B players or you know, whoever is left is probably still a better team than the one he inherited. And he still managed to get something out of that team. So I, I think if, if, you know, if, if Klopp does what he seems to do, um, I feel like the, there's a way we can kind of muddle through, at least for a while, um, with, with, with the squad. Um, you know, I, I, I do, you know, I, I do expect this to drop points against Leicester actually at this point, um, because I'm fearing that we'll not have, you know, not just the players we know we're not going to have, there's kind of more to add to the mix, uh, by the time they all get back together. Um, but I still think he'll, he'll, you know, they'll put up a decent showing. You, know, you, you looked at me like I was saying something wrong. Not having it. I'm, I'm, I'm going against the whammy of like Leicester breaking up the, the 63 game streak again for the second time, the Bustards. This is what you, you put, you planted in my head now that I can't get rid of. It's like, you also mentioned that in that 64th game, Liverpool without a bunch of players. <laughs> <laughs> eh, coincidence. Yep. Hi, them. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly uh, agree with you guys. Um, you know, I think, you know, from an injury standpoint, yeah, it sucks. Uh, we kind of know why it's happening. Um, there's no control over it. With uh, the way the uh, FIFA, you know, uh, officials or whatever, um, the people that are in charge, um, UEFA, they're doing their business. Uh, but at the same time, I just, I don't know. There's there's a calmness within me uh, about the whole situation, um, and uh, you know, uh, Paul, you talked a little bit about it, you know, and how the uh, the players that club inherited and all of that stuff, and how he worked with them. You know, I feel the same way. You know, I think even you know, if you want to go player by player, um, you know, um, if uh, Samikas comes in for Robertson, if Robertson could play, you know, I think he's got enough gumption and ability to pick up for him. Uh, the same thing, you know, with uh, the center backs, um, you know, whether it's Phillips or, or, or uh, Williams, you know, I think everyone is aware of the system, knows the system. Um, I don't want to say, you know, it's a chess match where you can, um, you know, interchange players and they'll do the same thing. That's not it. But, you know, I think, you have enough ability, even with all the injuries, to um, kind of procure the system and, and, and make sure it's in place. Um, to your question earlier about Keita, he is playing and he actually scored today for Guinea. Um, so that, that was actually nice to see today. Him scoring, Genie with a brace, um, Mane with uh, a winning goal today. Um, so it's, it's, it's it, you know... I see those ty types of things, types of uh, happenings, and, and it takes away from, you know, the doom and gloom that's uh, surrounding me. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not – I'm just calm about it. Uh, I think we'll do fine. I think we'll – actually, I'll just go ahead and say it. I think we'll beat Leicester when we play him next weekend. I, I do hope you're right. I do hope you're right. Um, good good to hear about Keita. Hopefully his antibodies are very high, so there's <laughs> no issues. Antivirals. Uh, <laughs> so, to, so did we? Kater had COVID, right? That 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 was confirmed. Was I'm it? not. You know, I haven't heard anything. You know, I heard the rumor a few weeks ago, and then he disappeared. Um, it wasn't like Thiago and Mane, and now nowadays Salah. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of talk, so um, you just don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I'm very encouraged. You mentioned Genie. Yeah. It's it's funny when you think about who potentially is available. I don't want to get carried away because we've got a week to go, right? Um, but we could put out a pretty strong team, uh, which could 
could mean that we don't have to play, you know, Reese Williams or Phillips. It could be Fabinho and Matip. Um, and I, I read... Uh, Jordan has a muscle injury. Who? Has a muscle injury. Just confirmed by Southgate. Uh, I read somewhere that um, Fabinho and, and Thiago, uh, I'm not sure if it's true or not, but yeah. I read that they are uh, in full training. Great. So. Great. Otherwise, that was like a balloon. But, uh, that's just provided. Right? Yeah, I'm trying to keep it down. <laughs> I'm keeping it down. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to contain your disappointment. So, yeah. Fabinho, Tiago, both training well. So, so, so I need to mute for a second. I'm going to tell my kids to get out the house. <laughs> so one thing is, James Miller didn't go anywhere, right? Presumably he's hanging out at, I don't know, is he hanging out at Melwood? Have they closed that now? Is he hanging out at Kirby? Wherever he is. He's, so, so Milner, they could make think, a battleship out of him and it wouldn't sink. Yeah, yeah. There was a meme I saw about uh, Klopp and like, 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 I think it was had a, a, a water container with a big hole in it and they put a, a Band-Aid yeah. over it and it's Milner, yeah. So, so he, he, Milner will be available. Um, and, 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 and we'll look ahead in a few moments. So I'll go there. I'll, I'll, we'll finish off this kind of round of things. Injuries. Um, I, I fear if we record for too long, we'll, we'll find out another one. So we'll, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool burns to the ground. <laughs> yeah. So Ben. Um, you know, as uh, I was listening to people talk, you know, there's a couple reactions I have. And one is that, there were plenty of, um, what is the term for a fan equivalent of a frenemy? We need to come up with a term for that. But the people that constantly dogged Joe Gomez and thought he was crap and we needed to buy a center back and now that he's hurt, it's the end of the world, right? Yeah. Um, it can't be both. It is. Um, I think. So that's one reaction I have. <laughs> and um, another reaction I have is that there's plenty of athletes that got their start because somebody else got injured. Uh, the one that comes to mind is I don't think we would ever heard of Tom Brady if Drew Bledsoe had not gotten injured, right? Yeah. And so we never know what's going what's gonna to come of these players. I mean, all we can judge them off of is what they've done so far. And I personally have no complaints about what Nat Phillips or Reese Williams has done so far. Yeah. Um, I know that we're thinner, but we still have bodies. We have Billy Kumitio, if I'm saying his name right. Billy I mean, it's not like we have to put Sadio Mane at center back, right? Um, and also, we're not playing Bayern Munich every week. Yeah. Um, so, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I know the, the, the real fear is that, and this is going to be irrational when I say it, and I hope it gives people hope, is that there's something going on with our center backs that every single one of them is going to get hurt, right? But that can't happen, can it? I mean – we can't, we can't have all of them go, right? Um, and so, and I also think, I know you think I'm jinxing this, Daz, but um, the other issue is that I still hold the belief that it's going to hit all the other teams too. And I just looked over the injury list, and it is hitting them. It is hitting the, those teams, but we just don't know it, right? Mm -hmm. um, uh, West Ham, it looks like, has one or two players out with coronavirus. Um, Everton does. I mean, it's just, a, there's a lot of things going on that we don't know about because frankly, we don't care. Um, I think let's muddle through this month, see where it gets us. And then Michael Edwards and Jurgen Klopp can have a talk about whether or not they need to go into the market or not. Yeah. Very reassuring. Um, I do hope you're right. Uh, I, I mean, I do think there are injuries affecting other teams, which leads me to hope that they'll go back and revisit the five sub rule, because that just seems stupid that they've not the Premier League clubs have not supported that, given that every other team or country in Europe has, including Scotland. Um, yeah, five sub rule. Yeah, I, I I heard um, earlier when I was watching the England. Uh, Belgium match that Sterling was injured yesterday in training. Who was injured? Sterling. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he did not. He wasn't even on the bench today. Um, precautionary, but he's yeah. in, he was injured yesterday. It, 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 I don't mean it the way it probably comes across, but it kind of needs somebody from a 
low, lower, lower down in the league to get injured, um, for them to recognize that uh, this the, is affecting them too. They're not playing anywhere. That's the thing. I mean, there, there's nobody from Leicester, I think, played this international league other than Prayet, I think, played for Belgium. Um, and, Tillemans and, uh, did too. Tillemans, yeah. But the English players for Leicester, Vardy is not on the team. Um, yeah. Harvey Barnes wasn't there. So, Of course, Schmeichel didn't travel because of the Danish mink issue. Mm-hmm. No? No. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think Leicester, I think it was more like the Burnleys and the West Ham's of this world that were really opposed to the five sub role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I kind of was a tangent here, but I think it's, it's, it might be worth getting your guys' input in this as well is, do you think that our overall reaction to the quote unquote this injury crisis, because it, what once wasn't a crisis seems to be rapidly becoming one, do you think that we would be more at odds with it if we hadn't won the league last year? Because winning the league was like, and forgive me for using this, but it was like a giant bong rip. It just calmed everything all the way down, like all the anxiety and the stress. Like it just, it seemed to just like, just, it was like it exercised out of me, like in the, the demonic sense, not the, the sweat sense. I guess it could be both, but I just felt like it was just a huge weight was lifted off of me as a fan. So like, I'm like, man, we won it last year. We, we still could be in the running for it this year. It's not going to be the 300 point difference that we had last year. But I think that if most bookies would probably still have us as favorites to win the league again. So I'm like, it's, it just feels like it, it doesn't feel as angst ridden hearing all this bad. It still sucks, but it's not, it's not woe is me. I'm not, I'm not self-flagellating, kneeling on glass, that kind of thing. Good. <laughs> well, not the, the book is have a second, by the way. Um, just to let you know. What? After City. Uh, we, were, we, we were first last week, and then Salah, you know, um, it, it changes with, you know, whatever is going on. So yeah. the week before, we were first, and uh, this weekend, we're second. So I, just, I, don't, I don't understand it. I just don't think, I mean, it is a big deal. But we are allowing ourselves to engage in uh, wild, nightmarish fantasies. I mean, we haven't even seen Matip and Reese Williams play together or Matip and Nat Phillips. I mean, I'm no expert. I'm no scout. But I think that Nat Phillips will be a great, a a very suitable substitute, uh, suitable and not on the bench. I mean, he will make do playing against the bottom half of the league. I mean, it, it looks like that's the sort of thing that he could do. After he was playing, people said, this is a Premier League player. Probably not top half of the table, but bottom half of the table. So I think he'll do well against those. And Reese Williams, I don't know if he's put a foot wrong. I mean, I don't want to jinx him again, Daz. I don't have that power, by the way. But um, You just developed it. I guarantee you. <laughs> um, the slightest Daz is just on its way to Reese Williams' Reece Williams. Reese Williams injured in freak training ground accident. Slight of stairs suspected. <laughs> Byline, Ben Bergman suspected at fault. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, let's, let's do another one of these in two weeks. I mean, Jesus, we've got how many matches coming up. And those guys would have played too. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see Seth Vandenberg or Kumetio play either. I mean, there's just so many matches. For me, I think the – can I say shit on this? The shits of it is is that – did. You know, I just did, I guess. So is that these guys would have all played anyway, right? Because of so many matches and so much time, I think the struggle is now they're going to have to carry a heavier load than they would have had to. Yeah, yeah. And I, I do think the even now the five subs would really help because then you could, you know, get 60 minutes out of Jordan Shakiri, you know, in, in a bunch of games. Uh, you wouldn't have to kind of choose which of the front three you took off when a game was already won. Um, so I, I think there are there are definitely um, so, some so we could definitely paint a terrible scenario. Going back to your point, Daz, about uh, do we feel calmer as a result of having won it? Oh, I'm 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 thinking if this was a year ago, and we had you know we we almost won it with 97 points. And we felt like we would, you know, we could go again and all this stuff started happening. Oof, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think I would have probably needed uh, even more counseling than I get now. So. You'd be recording this with flames in the background. Some, something like that, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah. And somehow I'd have blamed uh, Martin Atkinson for it all. But anyway, <laughs> that's all yeah. for, for for me. There's just just really quickly. Uh, I don't think it's it's because we won. Um, you know, last year uh, the last uh, PL title. Um, you know, the fact that I'm calmer. Uh, I think it's just the the, the past five years um, is what's making me calm at this point. Yeah. So. The clopsicle. Yes, yes. Mm. So, so we should also do some diaphragmatic breathing at this point just to the the clobble. The clobble. <laughs> the clobble. Right. The so okay, we're gonna go go to one last round. Um so we usually do kind of one thing you saw this week. Um we're gonna shape it maybe, you know, one thing you took away from the international break. Um well I guess it wasn't a break, but the internationals anyway. So break from real football. Um, and I know, I know you had, you said you, you had yours ready. So, so Daz, what, what, what's the one thing you want to share with us? Sergio Ramos's penalty for Spain against Switzerland. Uh, he had, I'm going to put this out here real quick because I'm not sure what is the rule about stutter stepping now? Because he almost landed on his foot, paused, then went forward and try to put it in the bottom left corner. Not only was it soft enough for the goalkeeper to get to, he held onto it, which is for someone that takes a penalty, if a goalkeeper can hold onto the ball, like you should quit. Like you should never take another penalty as long as you live. Yep. And just because he's such a nice person, it just <laughs> made it all so much better. Uh, did, did I tell you, I don't know if I told you this at the, um, after the 2018 final, there's, if you, you can go onto soccer.com and make up your own shirts. So I, I went on and got this image of, of number four from Real Madrid's new shirt with thug on the back. Um, <laughs> and, and my son was insisting that I buy it, but I'm stop buying a Real Madrid shirt. <laughs> I, did use the, I did use the image on several different... Toilet paper? Yes, yes. <laughs> you got it, yeah. So, uh, so did they lose Spain in that game? I think it was one one. I think it tied. It tied oh, okay. And he missed. He missed two penalties, by the way. It wasn't just one. Was ah, I just saw the one. No, okay. he, he missed two, and and it was it was the same trajectory. The first one was the same trajectory, uh, except the goalie um, kind of you know pushed it to you know the corner. Uh, but yeah, he missed two penalties yesterday. Maybe you know, I must have missed one because I was laughing so hard at the first one. It was I read cool. an article that. Um, that they had figured out his tell because he had usually done the Panenkas, right? Yep. And I read an article that they must have been playing, and I don't watch Spain that closely, but it must have been Celta Vigo. And Hugo Mayo was telling the keeper, if he does X, don't move. And and But it was like, it's that mental thing that the keeper can't stand still, right? And after, you know, he did it, but the keeper moved and then he did the panenka and Mayo was just screaming at him like, I told you, I told you, I told you. But I wonder if maybe now they've, they've unrung the bell and they figured out the trick. That's, that's exactly what the goalie did yesterday. You know, uh, Ramos on both penalties did the, whatever it's called, the skip hop or whatever. And, and, and the goalie just stood still until he uh, hit the ball and, and just went straight to it both times. Um, so I think they figured that, I mean, these, these, these goalies are professionals and they train on their own or whatever, and they study, you know, penalty takers because each team has their designated penalty taker. So, yeah, I think people uh, are figuring out. Um, even we see it with uh, Jorginho. He's um, yeah. missed a few. He scored today um, out of a penalty, uh, but I think people are figuring out the whole craziness. Yeah. You can't generate some open ink. Just real quick on the Panenka. <laughs> this is a good couple of years ago now, but I want to say it was a team that was 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 vying for promotion, and there was a, a penalty, and the guy tried to Panenka. The goalkeeper just stood there and, and caught it, and one of the the home team fans <laughs> came up with a song. And I think it was Bonnie Tyler's. It was Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. And he changed the song lyrics to Totally Shit from the Start. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, oh, that's great! I'll see if I can find it and send it to you guys. I was no good because he had like an entire song that they changed the lyrics. <laughs> the refrain was "You're totally shit from the start." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
would very easily be a new Everton song. <laughs> well, I don't mean to derail it, but that's like with a predicament. Like, oh, oh. Wrapping up here, right? Hytham, what, 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 uh, I don't know if you can beat that. No, that's like, that's, that's, that, that was a twofer, right? That wasn't just about Sergio Ramos. That was. <laughs> um, so, two things, uh, really quickly. Uh, number one, um, uh, it was, it was uh, kind of uh, uh, nice to see to, um, Jeannie paying tribute to um, VVD uh, Van Dyke um, after he scored the goal, you know, doing Van Dyke celebration. Yeah. Uh, so that that was, uh, and then you've seen so many uh, displays of of just honoring Van Dyke by all the Dutch players, um, you know, when they scored. So that that was good to see. Um, the other point is just the fact, uh, at least for me, how boring watching international matches uh, is. Um, for some reason, you know, uh, when I watch like PL, you know, sometimes Bundesliga. Um, I'm, I'm actually glued to the TV, um, and and I was trying to figure out why, what, why, why, why is that? You know, uh, why is it that way? And and maybe because you know the fans are not there, but you know the fans are not in the um, uh, you know domestic leagues either. So I just I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not enjoying any international games. So, so I think there is something written by some of the, the stats people about international football where it's just not as intense. Um, you can't like you can't play a pressing game because you've got all these people who don't know who each other is, and you know you have to work really hard on getting the right signals. So I think I think a lot of it's about levels, you know. And I, I, you know, I, I joke with my son who kind of says Pogba could be great if he played for blah blah blah, and it's like because he's great for France. And it's like, yeah, I think that's something about the way the games played at inter- in international levels as much as it is about Pogba's ability, personal perspective. Um, so. Ben, you went full soonest there. <laughs> what? You went full soonest there. <laughs> so, so I, I do. Th- so so uh, we have. So because Pog was higher rated than Henderson on FIFA, uh, that's that's a topic of conversation between uh, my son and I. It's like, how can that be? You know, like Henderson's won this individual award, and like Pogba's <laughs> not won any of these things. So. Yeah. Anyway, we talk about that thing that FIFA doesn't measure. No. So, Ben. Are all those injuries, by the way, uh, those notifications? <laughs> I hope they're not. No, no that's, that's, um, that's uh, some annoying group that just fired up a message about something. And I, 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 I thought that canceled it. But anyway, yes, sorry. We're detouring. Um, so with a three-month-old infant in the new Assassin's Creed game out, uh, I didn't watch any international soccer or football. So I, I'll give you another two other hot takes. One, uh, I think I've told you guys in our little chat group, but uh, we had a raffle at our watch uh, with our OLSC and raised $550 for Genesis Youth Foundation, that's, I think. That's great. Right between $500 and $600. It's a group... Um, started by West Africans um, to keep refugee kids um, involved after school um, for playing soccer and uh, teaching life lessons. Uh, The leader of the group did admit that uh, they're not great at soccer yet, but that's kind of beyond the point. Um, And then the other, this is just gossip, but um, we, our new leader, Brian, filled out a survey following the uh, philanthropy drive that LFC did this summer. Yep. And we won a raffle for a signed ball by the whole team. So it sounds like we're going to raffle it off and make some more money for somebody here. Oh, uh, by the end of the year. So um, that's all. That's what, that's what I'll talk about instead of the thing you told me to talk about. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Actually, what I'm excited about is that uh, like, they, they are constantly have these prizes and uh, never kind of see who wins. So it's good to know that you won. Well done. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Congratulations. It, and a few different things. Um, uh, the only game I watched actually uh, was the was probably the last half of Scotland against Serbia because uh, it felt like that was a match that actually had some some weight. And it turns out that they were playing in the stadium where the Panenka guy actually played and where the term Panenka was coined. Um, that's the extent of my knowledge about Panenka. They mentioned him in the commentary. Um, I thought they were going to blow it. Uh, if you saw the game, 
Um, it was in basically they had like three minutes to go and Serbia equalized and Scotland were really hanging on. Um, and uh, we were watching it and uh, my son said, Mitrovic is going to miss. This is like, it was 3-3 in the penalties. I'm like, how do you know? It's like, I just is. Apparently Mitrovic has got a really terrible penalty record, which I didn't realize because uh, I'm not watching FIFA. Um, and sure enough, you know, the 10th penalty of the sequence, Mitrovic shot is saved by the Scottish goalkeeper, um, which I, I, was like, I think the only moment, I think in this whole um, period of internationals, which felt like it was you know, meaningful uh, in, in, in some way. Um, so see how I weaved in Panenka and the international break. So there's, there's a story, sorry, before you, you get ahead, to your next point about the Panenka. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Mitrovic uh, supposedly um, was injured and that's the reason why he did not take the penalty when Fulham um, uh, was awarded the penalty uh, the weekend before the internationals. And uh, what's his name? The guy, um, forgot his name, played for Everton. Um, took the penalty, did the penalty and missed it. Oh. Just trying to weave it all together. Okay. So. What was that song? Uh, song about Totally shipped from, from the start. Totally shipped from the start. Totally shipped from the start. <laughs> so clearly that's going to be our title for our episode. Thank you. <laughs> there was one small thing, actually, before all this nonsense hit. There was a piece in The Athletic where uh, several people had written about kind of uh, Klopp and being a player under Klopp. And... I, I don't know if it was Robertson or one album talked about the fact that when he came back at the beginning of the 2019 season, he specifically talked about our priorities are to win the Premier League and quote number seven. And I thought it's fascinating that, that that's the way in which he is thinking about winning the Champions League again, not like our second or another trophy, number seven from the great man. Can end it there. This has been, well, from my perspective, this has been hugely entertaining. Really appreciate it. Um, I started uh, before we began a bit sort of feeling like, oh, talking about injuries. Uh, I feel uplifted. And of course, we're going to be at Leicester now, right? So, so thanks, Ben. Thanks, Hytham. Thanks, Daz. Great to see you all. Take care. <laughs>